Good morning, everyone, and welcome. Welcome back to the Sunday Recap. We had a little break uh, over Christmas and New Year's, and we are back together this week to talk about 2 Corinthians 5. And with me, as always, of course, our friends, our family. What's up, guys? It's Ariel Eldridge and Mitch Green. Good morning, you guys. <laughs> What's up? Our friends, our, our friends. family. Turn it over <laughs> to Ariel Eldridge. <laughs> and you say we're together relatively because we are not. Yeah. together know, in the yeah. same room again well so i've been I, I i don't know what's going on but i feel like i've just been constantly sick for like a month you've it's been around me terrible yeah <laughs> <laughs> so i'm at home today uh and you guys are in the studio but um yeah so uh last week i actually uh i got covid so i'm home uh recovering from that and actually i say recovering very loosely because i did not have really any bad symptoms just it really just felt like congestion so yeah (laughs) let's Um, let's let's give you a challenge then while you're closed in Uh, what i'm gonna give you do a push-up challenge (laughs) oh yeah at least You, you're a fit this, man. This is so. an audio you're, podcast. You're gonna do right? This is least, an audio podcast yeah. only. <laughs> <laughs> you are going to do 50 push-ups. Can you do 50 push-ups an hour? <laughs> In an okay. hour? Yeah, no, for, like every hour you're going to do at least 50 push-ups. Oh. Until until for how long? For the next I, until you come back to work. <laughs> Until I come back to work. <laughs> oh my goodness! Sunday. Uh, I probably could. I would. I've be seen really those pectorals hurting. with the down lighting during VBS. <laughs> I. Oh geez. I know. I know how many push-ups you can do. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move on from that. Although, okay. I, I will say this. I did see a guy recently do this thing where he wanted to do a pull-up challenge, and he wanted to beat the world record for how many pull-ups. And in order for him to do that, he figured out he had to do five pull-ups pull-ups a minute and he had to do that for basically like 18 hours five pull-ups a minute okay uh for how many uh, pull-ups you can do in a day is is the the deal and uh, i was like huh that doesn't sound too hard i wonder if i could do that so i tried doing it i got to like i got to like minute 10 i'm like nope (laughs) that's That's all i got i'm like oh it sounds so doable when it's broken down mathematically and on paper (laughs) I know, right? Well, oh, you, man. You, you're like wasting your time too because you didn't have like the Guinness Book of World Record representative there. So even if you accomplished it, you'd have to do it again. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> to terrible. have it like verified. <laughs> you just did 18 totally. hours of pull-ups yeah. for your, for, your <laughs> for, no, for no reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> terrible. Well, anyway, uh, we are so glad to be back this week, to uh, be back with the podcast. Um, I've gotten a few emails from you guys that are listening like, hey, miss you guys. Where's the podcast? <laughs> so, didn't thanks like my for Christmas that. goodbye. Uh, <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> You're abrupt. Actually, the music you picked was fantastic for that, actually. 30 that second so Christmas goodbye. <laughs> hey, I know you tuned in today. But we're going to go ahead yeah. and go to Christmas. Merry Christmas. <laughs> we cut to Christmas early. Yeah. Did, we did that because of illness too, right? Was mm-hmm. it? Yeah. yeah. Again, I'll, I was sick. And so it was yeah. terrible. And I'll be honest with you guys. I So when I recorded that the first time, I meant to say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. I, did, I fixed it. But I said Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. And I just thought... The Jesus Ooh, police were going to destroy you. me. Yes. <laughs> so, I didn't hear a word about I, that. I cut it out. <laughs> I cut out happy holidays. This is where I come clean. <laughs> you know, in the church, the holidays, 
We can uh, say holidays. We can't. Because we know we can. the holidays just, are good. Was it worth, you know, yeah. in this world, if you can stir up less problems just yeah. by taking out <laughs> happy holidays. <laughs> right. You do. Totally. Well, uh, we do want to let you know about something that's coming up in our church, a new thing actually that's coming up in our church. It's a event that we're calling Dinner Together. Dinner together. Um, Mitch, can I pitch this over to you and you can tell us all about what this is? Absolutely, yeah. So on the last Wednesday of January, which I was telling them, I don't have a single device in front of me. It's it's the 26th. It's uh, Wednesday, January 26th. January 26th. uh, Here at the church, we will be doing an event called Dinner Together. Uh, This is a time for our whole church to come together and do the obvious, eat dinner. Uh, Doors open about 5.30. We'll really start dinner around 6 o'clock. And then around 6.30-ish, we're going to have a time where you're going to hear just life-changing stories from ministries in our church. So I will actually be sitting down with some different people from different classes and groups and things and just hearing about how God's moved in their life um, through the ministries they're a part of. Um, so it'll be a fun time to kind of celebrate what God's done, hear about the ministries that you can join this spring, but also just have dinner together. Um, that's why we landed on that name, which was a, was a, we spent a long time on that one. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> the image Naming I want, things is hard. The image, is oh hard. yeah. The image I want everybody to have. And, and I, I don't, I think pastor Scott won't care about this, but he, when, when we were laying on the name, he just kept saying it like he was giving an announcement to like see if he like if he liked how it felt, so he would <laughs> so he would keep saying, "We're coming to dinner together. <laughs> Join us on Wednesday for dinner together." You know, so in my mind, when I say it, I just have him and his different variations, making sure it sounds good. <laughs> so, dinner good. together is what it is. January twenty sixth here at the church. Doors open at five thirty. Dinner will start around six o'clock. Well, guys, let's go ahead and jump into 2 Corinthians. Sound good? Deal. Ready to rock? All right. Mitch, great job on Sunday, by the way. Mm, Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Appreciate it. (laughs) Um, This is a, we're in the middle of a three-part series that's called Made New. This is a study of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 through 21. Um, so last week, and we didn't get to talk about it, but last week, Pastor Keith did the first session of this series where he talked about verses 16 and 17. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Mitch, you took verses 18 and 19. And then next week, Pastor Derek will be doing verses 20 and 21. Um, and Mitch, before we get into the passage, tell us how you guys picked this. Why, why did you decide to do this, this series? And how did you land on this passage? Yeah. So we, um, all three of us realized we were back to back weeks. So I'll take you back to the origin story. And we were kind of all thinking about starting to work on separate sermons because sometimes in the holidays, you just don't know who's going to be around. And then we decided, well, why not do a series? Um, and let's do a series over a shorter passage of scripture because we know we'll overlap each other a lot. And it's also three weeks that, um, I probably couldn't pick three weeks where you're going to see different faces in our church Mm -hmm. as often Mm -hmm. as the week after Christmas, the week after new year's. And then the really what seems to be for a lot of people, the first Sunday of the year, which is next Sunday. Um, and so we did that because it was repetitive, but then also we were just, um, as we were really thinking about what we were going to talk about, um, you know, we were thinking new year, all these things you can talk about in the new year. And, you know, there's such a tendency to focus on all these things about, 
you know, self-improvement, um, how to be your best you this year. And we really felt like, um, it was a good reminder to lean into the identity that Christ has given us, um, that we've been made new in him. Um, yeah. and so that kind of drove us to second Corinthians chapter five, which I had just done a retreat through this passage where I kind of broke it down the same way, uh, for another youth group. And so we kind of ran from there. If you've noticed, we used our logo that we use for our baptism shirts. Um, and that's mm -hmm. somewhat intentional because we want to remind people, um, that you have the opportunity, um, through Christ, um, to be, to proclaim, you know, your, your commitment to him through baptism, um, that you have been made new and the water's symbolic of that. And so we, yeah. we didn't feel the need to make a new logo while this is where we'll come clean. Chris <laughs> McLaughlin pretty much had to remake the logo <laughs> for our screen. So it worked. So, so Chris, thank you for that. <laughs> but so we oh, didn't make sure. a new logo, but we made the logo again for the screen. So it worked right. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's how we got, that's how we got to this series. Um, which has been super fun. And, and like I said on Sunday, if you didn't listen to Pastor Keith, you really should. Um, and mm -hmm. I made light of it and I really, I wasn't trying to guilt anybody. I wasn't here. I was out of town, but um, like he did a wonderful job um, setting up the series and there were 205 people here, which is way less than normal. So I'm mm -hmm. just assuming you didn't listen to it. So I would go back and listen to Keith's sermon, which you can find uh, would be two podcasts before this one. Totally. Awesome. Well, let's go ahead and read the passage. Um, uh, Ariel, would you read that? This is 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21. Yes. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the word to, world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him who to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, this is, man, this is an incredible passage of scripture. There's so much <laughs> in this to unpack in so many ways. Um, Mitch, at the beginning of the message, you 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 set it up by kind of saying that in this, this is a, uh, a reminder to us that we, um, that we are to live out of our identity in Christ. Mm -hmm. uh, that that a lot of what you were going to talk about that in, in the sermon was this this reminder that that we live out of this identity that we have. And obviously, you know, verses sixteen and seventeen, seventeen especially, really sets up this idea of of our new identity that we mm -hmm. have been made new, that we are a new creation. I want to just begin by maybe going back to last week a little bit, but but I think it's important for the context. Um, what's included in this new creation? Like when we talk about that we have been made new and we are a new creation, what does that, what does that mean for us on a practical level? With Paul's writing and, and specifically with, with this passage, I, I think um, there's what, again, we have to remember like when he's writing to the church in Corinth, um, he's, he's dealing often with what his relationship is like to them and situations that have happened inside the church that in the past he's given some correction to. 
Um, and so there's this, there's this tension with the church in Corinth that like, while they may proclaim Christ in their life and they may even gather together in Christian community, um, they don't really live like anything is much different with them. Mm. Like not that like much hasn't changed in their life. Um, not for all of them, but there's these problems that keep spurring up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I, I think when you think about that as the backdrop to this kind of coming towards this section, um, kind of towards the, the end of the book, Paul, Paul is now reminding them um, that your life in Christ is going to look different than your life was, but then it's also going to look different than the life of all of those around you. Um, but he's reminding them that in a way that he's not simply saying like, so go do it, go try harder. He's reminding them that like, no, they've been made new in Christ, um, that mm-hmm. they are a new creation. Um, we don't even regard Christ in his humanity anymore. <laughs> you know, it's kind of what mm-hmm. his leading is. And, and so he's like, this is who you now are. Um, this identity has been placed on you. And so now walk in light of that identity that's already been placed on you um, in a world where people aren't going to live exactly like you um, because they've not been made new in Christ. Um, So like, so practically speaking, it's just, it's just, there's a difference. Um, There's a change in posture. There's a change in um, what you're living for. Um, And I think Paul at some level is kind to remind this to a church that at times hasn't looked much different than they did before Christ. <laughs> it really is interesting that, you know, in the context of the letter, he just talked about their bodies and um, how they are in, if they're in Christ, they have this treasure in jars of clay and just talking about how our humanity uh, is so fragile um, and that the, the persecution that we feel Um, or that these people in particular are feeling and he himself has been through is not um, to be despaired or forsaken by God, that they are more than their physical bodies, Mm -hmm. um, that they've been made new and that um, through Christ in his sacrifice, they have something more to look forward to and therefore they can regard the brothers and sisters around them as more than just their physical suffering. Um, they are actually um, made new. They are they are image bearers. They are walking around as um, as God's um, ambassadors is the word that he's using here um, mm-hmm. for his gospel, which is um, something more glorious than just their physicality and what they're what they're tangibly going through. Mm. That's good. Um, so as we get into the section where um, Mitch, you were preaching from. So this is verses 18 and 19. Um, Just looking at the structure of that section, I think it's fascinating because there's this word in between it. It's all one sentence, um, but there's a word in in between it right at the beginning of verse 19 where he he says, uh, that is, it's the Greek word ati. um, And in there, it's like, it's almost like he's, verse 19 is, clarifying or restating Mm -hmm. verse 18 in a way. Right. So um, the way that I'm kind of looking at this is, you know, it says, it says all this is from God and that's, he's referring to the the new creation, how the old has passed away and the new has come. And then he says two things, right? He says, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. 
Mm-hmm. Right. So there's that, that portion of it. And then he also says, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. And then he says that is, and then sort of restates it. Yeah. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. It's almost like he expounds it. It's not just that Christ is reconciling us to himself. He's reconciling the world to himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he expands even more, not counting their trespasses against them. And then restates the second part and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. So it's like he gave us the ministry of reconciliation and now it's the message of reconciliation. So, so you have um, sort of these two main ideas uh, this idea of reconcil- being reconciled to God and then gave us this ministry and message of reconciliation, right? Mm-hmm. Does that resonate with how, how, you, how you saw the passage? Absolutely. Um, I, I, think, I think, again, it's important. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it is a repeat of the first verse. <laughs> so um, mm-hmm. so in, in one sense, everybody else gets at least two verses and I get one. Um, when they preach in this series. No, I'm just kidding. But um, no, it is the, this, the second verse is repeating the first verse in a new way. And I think um, this is where we remind ourselves that the original um, hearer, <laughs> let's not even say original reader, um, mm-hmm. this would have been read to them um, in one sitting, the entire thing. And so um, Paul is desiring, again, through the work of the Holy Spirit, to emphasize something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is why it's repeated twice, um, to make mm-hmm. sure that you hear it. So we mm-hmm. see, so, so in, in even the authorship of it, um, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's completely repeated, but it's intentional. Mm-hmm. It's not just like he was writing something where, you know, sometimes you read a book and you're like, this guy could have said this in half the amount of time. He just keeps saying the same thing over and over again. It's like, well, in this case, it's done intentionally because the people who are hearing this, they're not reading it. Um, they're not, you know, they're not underlining it. They're not highlighting it. It's being said to them. And then he's repeating the same idea back to them um, in a new way. It seems like he is, he's emphasizing that, yes, Christ is making all things new. And he is redeeming his creation. And guess what? You get to be part of the, mm-hmm. the reconciliation. He's actually going, mm-hmm. you are going to be the agents of um, what he is doing. Um, and he does yeah. that first by making you new so that mm-hmm. you can therefore um, go and do this yeah. in Christ. Yeah. In cool. fact, I, 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 that's a great point because at the end, Mitch, one of the things you said was um, God didn't just save you for your sake, but for the sake of others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, can we maybe camp out on that for a second and, and just sort of unpack that? Because I think um, so often when we think of our own salvation, you know, we even even within that, we tend to kind of be pretty myopic about it. Like, mm-hmm. like oh, that's about me or, you know, and, and, and it's, yeah. about, it's about how God saved me. But to, let, let's maybe just unpack that just a little bit more of, what does it mean to not just be saved for yourself, um, for your own sake? And for whose sake are we? I mean, really, I mean, I, I think there's a couple answers to this, but, but for whose sake are we being saved and, and why is that? Yeah, I, so that was, um, I tried to come back to that idea a few times during the sermon. Um, early on, I, I said, you know, I want to petition this to you. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because I think for some people it's, it's maybe a, 
broader idea about salvation than they've, they may be thought of. And I'm not denying the truth that they heard that led them to Christ. Like I'm not denying that Christ didn't die on the cross and pay the penalty for your sins. That's not what, that's not what I'm trying to say, Mm -hmm. but I, I do, I do think um, because of our culture, um, this kind of the me focus, the isocentrism, um, the myopic approach, kind of, as you were saying, Um, we have a tendency to focus a lot on what God has done for us um, and how we receive these blessings and these things and all these things that God does for us. But we don't recognize that at the core of what God is doing, um, he's doing this to bring glory to himself. Yeah, yeah. And so while he's restoring our relationship back to him, Um, which is huge for us. (laughs) Like, it's amazing. And I really don't know if it's that, like, if you really like reveled in that for the rest of your life, like that's probably not a bad thing, but we can, we can recognize that it's, we make it so much about what he's done for me that we forget that he's actually doing something um, out of his glory to bring glory to himself. And in that, the bigger picture is that he's welcoming us into his ministry of reconciliation on this earth. Mm. Um, So, so the petition is like, and I think it's, I think it's, I don't know if it comes from like the worst place and we could get really, really in the weeds on this, but I think a lot of it is, and we've, we've veered away from this a bit in churches, but like we've spent so much time in the last like 20 years and in really the last 50 years focusing on um, what Christ has done for you on the cross. Mm -hmm. Um, And this approach um, emphasizing, you know, the penalty that he's paid, that he substituted himself for you. And, and because it it does move people like it should, when you recognize that the God of the universe um, was willing to give up of himself um, for you and you're impacted by it, Mm -hmm. like that they are impacted directly by that. um, It should only lead to praise, but there's a bigger picture to what God's doing that Mm -hmm. um, includes you. But it's also broader than that, um, and I know, like for those that 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 you like studies theology and you think about these things, I just opened up what could be a lot of can of worms and different conversations. But I think we all, <laughs> I think we all can at least agree that um, the work of the work of Christ on the cross is so miraculous mm-hmm. that it has impacted things more than just even my individual salvation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's salvation of other people, it's, it's broader totally, than just totally, me. I, I totally agree. Eric, I don't want to jump on your... T- well, I was just going to say, I think I, I, yeah. I love what you said because absolutely we have to understand what has happened to us before we can be agents of, of yeah. sharing that and glorifying God yeah. through that. Um, but I heard someone say this morning on a pod, a, another podcast that um, it's the same reason... God chose us and saved us for the same reason that he chose Israel and had them be the agents of his glory to the surrounding peoples. You know, um, he's doing the same thing through us. It's so that his glory may be made manifest in the entire world, Um, even to the unredeemed, even to the ones who may always reject Christ. His glory will still be manifest in them, which I think is is amazing. Um, Yeah. 
And so, but I think what you're saying is that it's still important for us to understand the gospel and to just sit in that often, to understand the work that he has done in us individually. Um, but we really do, like, we tend to, like, just really hone in on that is this, like, I think we just love improvement projects and we want to see ourselves be an improvement project. And so we kind of camp out on our sanctification and really, like, just pour into that um, without realizing that, you know, we have become the righteousness of God. We are equipped from the moment of salvation to spread his glory and to be mm. ministers. Um, and so that's, it's a both and that needs to be held together. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah go ahead, Chris. That is so good. I, I, so I fully agree with what you guys are saying. Uh, it, it, it reminds me of, so like Brian O'Malley this, this semester, uh, he taught last semester taught the Exodus class. He's going to be teaching it again this semester. The theme of the Exodus class was right out of just over and over again, you see repeated in the book of Exodus is this idea that God is doing this so that you may know that I am the Lord. Like that's repeated over and over again. It's for his glory. Or when you look at the new covenant promise in Ezekiel chapter 26, um, in, in, uh, or sorry, chapter 36, um, there's this section in there where he's talking about the new covenant promise and it's bookended at the beginning and the end of that section with this phrase. He says, it is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for the sake of my holy name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. And, 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 and then you have all the new covenant promises within that, uh, how he's going to give us a heart of flesh and take, take out a heart of stone and put his spirit within us. And he says, I'm doing this not for your sake, but for the sake of my glory, for the sake of my holy name. And I think this is so important because for us to think that our salvation, that the end of our salvation is only for us, mm-hmm. actually puts God in, it actually diminishes God, I think, because it, 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 it makes him really more, like, like his, the whole goal of his life is about, of God is about us, mm-hmm. right? Like it's, it's about just saving us. But the, the issue that, that I think I have with that is God is um, eternally happy, eternally joyful, eternally blessed within his own trinity, right? Within himself. He, he requires nothing. Uh, he doesn't even need us. And so what he's doing is he, certainly he loves us and certainly he cares for us. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not um, downplaying that, but for, for, for us to be the goal of his saving work um, actually diminishes him and his glory, I think. Mm-hmm. And, then it, and, 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 and it's the right thing that God is doing it for his glory because he's the only one that's worthy of it, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. That's good. No, absolutely. And again, that was, you know, there's, that was the tension um, I felt even in delivering the sermon was trying to, present kind of this this broader view of what God is doing, but also mm-hmm. not minimize for people um, what God has done for them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> like, because I don't, I didn't want to move past that because it's huge, mm-hmm. but it's yeah. also not all that he's accomplishing. And I think as um, Christ is making you new, you begin to recognize that he's welcoming you into something that's even much bigger than just kind of living a life of contentment in him. Yeah, yeah. I want to, 
This is where you get to come clean when you do these podcasts. So there are uh, there are more covenants in the Old Testament than I talked about. So let's register oh, okay. that. Yep. So we all we all know that um, that there are many. Um, as, and I love that you brought up Ezekiel. Um, that there would have been a lot of well time spent looking um, at some of the prophets writing about the coming Messiah. Um, so I'm mm-hmm. just I just want to say those things because like those that's a section where um, I covered a lot and not a lot of time. Um, but mm-hmm. intentionally wanted to get the picture that God is always at work in redeeming um, and man's always at work in failing and <laughs> 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 needing, and needing God's, needing God's redemption. If you've not spent any time following like the covenantal themes throughout scripture and um, even just understanding, you know, how a covenant works mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, God's consistent, um, use of it. Yeah. I just, I just would encourage you to do that. That's uh, so sorry, Chris. Well, I just wanted to say that. No, no, that's, that's worth emphasizing because I can't say enough how much that phrase really changed mm-hmm. my life. My understanding of grace is when you said, um, and I'd heard it before and I love yeah. that you emphasized it because I think we all needed to hear it. Um, that God upholds his end of the bargain. Yeah. He also upholds ours and that's mm-hmm. what grace mm-hmm. is. I mean, yeah, De- what a good, Debbie Kidwell gave me credit news. for that quote, she but I think did. a lot of other yeah, people have yeah. said that. But it is <laughs> so appreciate a, it. But it's a yeah, it's, it's it's impactful. It's an incredible short way to um, help people understand what grace and what the gospel is. You know, aside from the the historical event of of Christ's yeah. life, death, burial, and we don't resurrection, and we don't want to get in the weeds with like Abram, but man, if you look at like the ceremony of the covenant that's made between them. And you start to think about like the flame coming through and the symbolism of, you know, maybe God is actually saying he's going to hold up his end of the deal. Like he's going to come through twice versus Abram walking through the, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you have no idea what I just said. If you do, you know how good. It's a great plug. It's a great plug for story of scripture because honestly, that's the first time I really pondered it is when Chris taught that specific um, passage of, God basically walking through the the cut pieces of the animals for mm-hmm. this you know this cutting a covenant a covenant and and that's yeah. exactly where it became clear to me mm-hmm. and and, uh, and because yeah. I free roam there was another theme I was intending to follow but I I never really got into it was just the theme of you know kind of temple <laughs> yeah. and God's presence on earth and the role that he gives, you know, Adam in the garden versus the role of the priest in the temple. And then the role of the priesthood of all believers. Um, just the, even there's, there's, there's so many themes of God kind of establishing his kingdom, um, giving mankind a role in it that looks like, Mm -hmm. um, overseeing and out of their identity of, um, image bearer. And then we now are the priesthood of all believers, which ties into ministry of reconciliation. So yeah, as a guy that doesn't like to go super long, you don't say all those things. Um, but even when they're in your notes, sometimes like, like that was all in there. And I decided I was like, ah, we're going to just stick to the covenant piece rather than trying to do both those things at the same time. But look you know at what? all that. That's so good. And I would say another plug, this is why we study the scriptures outside of yeah. Sunday morning. And this is why we have, you know, um, ministry outside on like Wednesday nights and through D groups because we need to spend time pondering these things because they're so life Absolutely. changing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry for cutting you off. Um, no, I, I think that was really good. I, I had a whole section of questions on covenant and decided to skip it uh, for time, <laughs> but I'm glad that you brought it up because it was really good. Actually, since we're here, I mean, let's just maybe for our, our hearers, because I, I think I think very often it is 
easy for us to confuse the idea of a covenant with that of a contract. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, like like, and, and there's a there's a distinction there. How can we make it make a distinction between a, a contractual relationship versus a covenant relationship, and why is that important to the way that God relates to us? So, okay, so I, again, I, this is there's so many things we could get so deep in the weeds on, and I don't want to do that. Um, one of the things that I think is interesting with um, God's use of covenants. Um, that is, you know, coven- covenantal language is, um, in the ancient world, we see, we see in all sorts of places, <laughs> you know, other nations, mm-hmm. um, use these things. And, um, I think God, um, God in having a relationship with mankind, um, and I could be wrong here. So Bible scholars, feel free to give me better research if you got it. I actually think this is the one of the few times I'll go out on the edge because I don't think it's like super changing to anybody's faith. But I think that there's potential to believe that God is actually um, in these covenantal acts. He's borrowing from a practice that mankind was already doing to show his commitment to them. Mm-hmm. So um, there are these, um, which they are kind of more treaties, but there's these different if you look into covenants um, in the ancient world, there's different parties that are making these deals that are legal binding where there's two parties committing to them. Um, I don't remember. Is it like, is it like Tesseract and something? I don't remember. There's exactly. no Tesseract. What's it called? Right? What's it called? The, the, the two suzerain. Parties. Suzerain and the, and the, the vassal. Vassal. Yeah. Vassal suzerain and vassal. State, but yeah. again, I'm just throwing out net words that if you don't care. Tesseract. It's, 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 I love yeah. it. Is there really a Tesseract? No, no, probably not. I, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> This is see. This That's is a Marvel word. Yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. I'm bringing the metaverse into this. Okay. A, a, a tesseract is a geometrical shape. Thank it's you. A, yeah. Okay. So yeah. well, you're good. Suzerain <laughs> and vassal. That's we the words. I was so looking. That's much, right. Though. That's the words yeah. I was looking for. This is what yeah. happens when we get in the weeds without prep. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but but essentially, I think there's potential to believe. Um, how do you how do you understand that God is not just being um, legal, like just not yeah. like like being. Um, um, law, law driven, you know, with, with his people, I think he's being gracious and borrowing from a practice that may have already existed in creating this agreement with them. Um, and so in him doing that, he's showing, um, even his willingness to communicate, um, to mankind. Now God is, God is the owner and creator of all things. I'm not minimizing that, but he's showing his willingness to step in and say, um, this is how I'm going. This is the example I'm going to use to explain this. Um, to you, my relationship with you. So I think that's one way we know that. Um, I think it's also the way that if you look at, you know, his covenant with Abram and you go, okay, God tends to, you know, as they split these animals in half until they get down to the bird and they use two birds, God's the one who um, does represent his end of the deal. So mm-hmm. I don't, I, I and, and here's the other thing I would say, this is, I'm not pushing back on you, but um, I, I listened to a recent presentation that was kind of like an alternative view of the gospel from somebody. And there is a consistent pushback to lingual language in scripture where um, they're like, they're, they would say like, um, God's, God is not, um, when you start talking about justice, you're using legal language and you're making God something that he's not. And I go, actually, legal language is all throughout scripture, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, used to illustrate and also to represent that, um, God 
did something for us that's binding, <laughs> you know, uh, that's truthful, mm-hmm. which is why I kind of drew on Isaiah chapter 50 uh, with the image of, of, of divorce and um, with the selling of one slave to another slave owner because God, because Isaiah speaking the word of God is borrowing from um, legal separations <laughs> that um, existed in the world to illustrate how far man is separated from God, mm-hmm. but yet God still in his power um, possessed the ability to be the great justifier of that um, to, to reconcile. So that's a little rant that like, I just, I just think sometimes I know there's a movement of people that are like, let's get away from the legal language of what God's accomplished through the gospel. And I'm like, well, I don't know that that's the best thing to do because it is all throughout scripture. Yeah. So again, how, how do we understand the difference between like a contract and a covenant? Um, it's a little different than a contract. Like when we sign a contract, like, you know, a cell phone plan or something like that, um, the, the cell phone plan document is all about, you know, if I don't pay them, mm-hmm. then they're going to cut off my service. Yeah. It's symbiotic, and if they cut right? off, Yeah, exactly. Um, and we can hold each other accountable to the, what we've agreed upon. But there's none of that with the, the vassal state. The vassal state does not hold the suzerain state accountable for the things that they promise. Um, you know, uh, now what's awesome is that God... He's always going to be faithful to his promises as a as a good king. He he's always going to do those things. So so the co- the covenant relationship is in in so many ways very uh, very one sided, <laughs> you know, um, and and based on a in this case a relationship of trust and with God a relationship of love that he has for his people. So versus you know. Um, Sprint or AT&T or whoever that they don't care about you. Uh, <laughs> That's good. But those are just maybe a few, a few distinctions. I would, I, I wonder then, is it truly just one-sided though? Because when he, um, he satisfies his own wrath, he actually makes it two-sided by satisfying yes. the other side um, yeah. through the sun. And so that I think is the part that's really um, amazing to me is that mm-hmm. not only did he not expect anything, he went ahead and, and, and satisfied the consequences for our failure yes. with his own provision. And uh, yeah. that's cool. That's cool. So I like the legal jargon. I think it's important. I'm glad that you said that. I'm glad that <laughs> yeah, you went about yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, not, not to get too in the weeds of that, but I yeah. think there, yeah, we, we sometimes want to get so far away from some of that. Yes. I'm like, well, it's, you got to do something with it because a lot and of really it's really our whole legal, our whole idea of the legal system comes from the Lord. Mm-hmm. It has to. Yeah. I mean, there's yep. we didn't invent. Anything. So your question, well, where, Chris? Does, where does justice <laughs> and righteousness? Where does justice and righteousness come from? Right. Yeah. We we wouldn't know what justice and righteousness is without Him Absolutely. telling us what it is. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. What um, was your question? Well. <laughs> Just open up more well, cans. Now we're going to talk about how morality is universal. <laughs> just like, I'm yeah. just kidding. All right. we, we've talked to, we've talked about now this idea that about the how Christ, um, how through Christ we are being reconciled to God. God is reconciling us to Himself. Um, but then the second part of this whole thing is that he has entrusted to us this message of reconciliation for the purpose of the ministry of reconciliation. So what is the message of reconciliation? 
is this just another way of Paul saying the gospel? Or what, what are we talking, what, what is he talking about there? I feel like you're setting us up. Because I would have said that it is, <laughs> is the message of the gospel. Because it's what, it's what has been reconciled on our behalf. However, uh-huh. he says be reconciled, right? And so there is, mm-hmm. a, there is some human responsibility in that as well. And so that message is both parts. I think it's a both and of what we're, what we're to proclaim. Um, but I was going to bounce a, another question back to you that might also be a little bit like faux pas to ask. Is this a command to all believers or is he talking about what, what is the, speci- what is the specificity of 2 Corinthians 5 in its context yeah. and then how does it apply to us? Mitch is the expert on 2 Corinthians, so... No. I we, know! We pitch that to him. <laughs> Take it, Mitch. I mean, I, I, I lean into that it's, it's a... Um, I don't know if like command's the right word. It, it's what he's given you. Like he's established mm-hmm. a ministry of reconciliation with you when you've been given this new identity in Christ. Um, you have it. Okay, <laughs> like and you're it, saying you as all believers, right? Yeah, okay. I think it's I think it's written to the yeah. church. It's for the church. Okay. Um, so I, agree. Yeah, so I, I think agree he's speaking. That. I think he's speaking broadly, mm-hmm. but he also is uh, directing it to the individual, talking about what Christ has done uh, for them. Okay. So um, we are collective ambassadors while we are also in a community that is a great of ambassadors. point to bring up because really, yes, as we're talking about individual salvation and how we tend to overemphasize the isocentric way of reading scripture, we may tend to think this is my ministry mm-hmm. and I'm on my own with some equipping from the church. But I wonder, mm-hmm. is there a command as the church universal as the body is this a command to the body relying on one another to carry the the ministry of reconciliation i mean i i believe i agree I, with you that we should we should be preaching the word of redemption to individuals we know see, i just see this is one okay this is where this is i'm going to get into my opinion a little bit but um it, I think it would be easy to think, given the context of who he's talking to, that he's talking about reconciling uh, relationships. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's what he's talking about. Right. Okay. <laughs> in, this, mm-hmm. in this case. Mm-hmm. Right. I think he's actually talking about um, people being reconciled back to God. Right. Through that's right. you yeah. as the agent. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where I would draw it. But I would go, but obviously that's collective of the entire community of believers. But I would also, though, say, because I, I, I agree with you, I think that's his point. However, I also would say the reconciliation that we can have with one another is dependent yes. on yeah. our reconciliation with, with God, right? So, so just from a point of application, um, uh, for us to, to, um, to be reconciled with one another, if, if, that's kind of, if that's what we're walking through, it still can be absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying that's not true. Like, or that's not beneficial. That's not something that the church should do. I just think saying like, I don't think that's exactly what he's talking about here, but I do think there is a little bit of an emphasis when you start jumping down in the next two verses where he's, when you, when you're talking about um, language of being an ambassador, you're not, you're, you're also talking about like what you're doing outside the church. If that makes outside the gathering of believers, Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking yeah. about when you exist in a society, I mean, it was just, you know, that is, um, that you're a representative of one society in a different society. 
Um, mm-hmm. So there is a notion of being a minister of reconciliation in a place where there are people who need reconciled. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like you're, so like to put it in like more of a modern explanation, it's like your faith in Christ exists outside the church. Um, <laughs> I know that should be obvious, but like, and, and God's called you to live a faith that's more than when you're just in this gathering. Mm-hmm. Right, um, right. And, and he is going to use you um, to minister um, that other people may be reconciled back to him yeah. and Lord willing, they, right. join, they join your gathering. Um, yep. so, so I go like, there isn't kind of this inv- individual call, but it's collective for the church. It's kind of like a, like, all right, let's bring our hands in ready break. All right. Now we're going to go all go out and have ministry, be, you know, have a ministry of reconciliation, okay. but it's also like uh-huh. we encourage each other when we're together collectively doing it. So yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, it's, I think it's, but I, I, yeah. And it's not about he's not writing about reconciling our relationships to one another, but that's absolutely something we should be well, doing. I just wanted to that's, clarify that's too, of it. that it does seem like we tend to think that all of those who need to be reconciled to God are outside of the church when there are quite a yeah. few within the body who are um, also in need of the gospel. Absolutely. Which is why we need, yeah, why we need the gospel yeah. continually. Right. Yeah. I find every yeah. message I've, I've been giving lately, the end is always like two or three sets of questions some for those who are in Christ and some for those who are not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, and I feel mm-hmm. like that's just, you know, that's what you, that's again, that's what you have to do with this sermon. It's why it's, so I was like, Hey, let's not get past what God has done for us before we talk about what he's calling us to, mm-hmm. because um, there are one, there are people in the room who they've not been reconciled to God. And two, um, it's for our benefit to constantly remind us of what God's done. Um, that's, that's, yeah the great driver <laughs> that gives us the power to do um, this ministry yep. that he's going to call us to. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, my, my intention in asking the, the original question of is, is this message of reconciliation, the gospel was not to trick anybody. I mean, I, yeah, I, I, I really think it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I, I really think it is. I think it's the gospel because at the end of the day, it, he is talking about bringing us back to God. And that is the message that is that, that God has chosen to, give us to reconcile us to God. And I think what's interesting too is, is some of the things that um, he says about it, like he uses the word entrusting, right? Mm. Entrusting to us the message of reconciliation, which I think denotes extreme value um, in this message. Uh, this idea of like, you know, if someone entrusts something to us, you know, it's, it's like, oh, they're trusting me with it. They're, 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 they're giving me this thing of, of extreme value, you know? So I, I think, and I, and I think that's important for us to consider too, because I, I think just in the uh, in this whole discussion of like never going growing past the gospel and things like that, that we would understand the value of the gospel message and why we con- we consistently need it, um, and so just how how valuable it is. But then the other thing is how this is this message is the very foundation of the ministry of reconciliation. Mm-hmm. So like if verse 19 is building on verse 18, you know, restating and building on it, it's the very foundation of the of the ministry of reconciliation. And so we can't do anything without it. We can't we, we can't God has given us this ministry and we can't do it without the gospel message. And I, I just think it's I just think it's critical um, to the work that we are called to do. So we just can't we can't move beyond it. Uh, we, we need to, we really need to be students of the gospel at the end of the day, like have it so ingrained within us 
And so um, at, at, the, at the very tip of our tongue, that we would be able to recognize it in uh, not only in scripture, but in, 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 in circumstances in life where we could, where we'll be able to see redemption and reconciliation happening and point out, Hey, this is what God is doing. You know, um, does that, does that make sense? Spot on, man. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm all in. It does. Um. Yeah. Cause I mean, what I think I'm, I'm hearing here is that we have a ministry of, um, essentially it's evangelism, but I love this, this phrase reconciliation, because I think that that's exactly what it is. We're, we're calling. People I think that's to a be way better way to say God. it. Yeah, I do yeah. too. I think it's a really neat way to say it. Cause that's exactly what it yeah. is. And, um, but you know, some of us may really shy away from evangelism because we are either we've been taught to just share our story um, as like a testimony, and we feel a little bit light on the specifics of what happened in mm-hmm. the gospel story of of Christ's life, death, burial, resurrection, his ascension and reign. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, what I think we might be cognizant of as we're reading this and applying it is that we need to put those two together that yes we do have a story we have been made new how do we articulate what christ has done in us so that we can then tell that yeah and uh, and, and have a ministry of that yeah yeah give them the gospel Amen. <laughs> so all right in honor well, of my failed um suzerian vassal comment hey, in the tesseract you don't, don't you feel bad go we love see a good spider-man story. <laughs> <laughs> we are sponsored hey, by spider-man hey. no way home i love you guys That's so i love funny. you guys <laughs> i'm just saying it was very good it was very good <laughs> very good movie I thoroughly enjoyed it i don't remember what the tesseract <laughs> is but it's totally from marvel it's what the, is it so it's the box that housed it, which stone chris which, the which, space stone, the blue one. The blue yes, one. Yes, I'm recusing I, I myself the here. It, 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 <laughs> thank you, thank you, Chris. Yeah, you can't recuse. This is what you, Old Testament Marvel. Which one know. have I spent more time in? It's they're close. It, it, no, I'm just kidding. I am just impressed that you guys can keep this stuff straight. Like, I can't because that's you what we think just witnessed so deeply about Marvel and then so the deeply tesseract, about the, the Bible. Tesseract in, in, oh in my covenantal theology. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's oh, funny. Good stuff. Well, Spider-Man hey guys, 3, thanks so much for Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man Twelve, No Way Home. Go see it. <laughs> Spider-Man Twelve. It is. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, thanks for this conversation today, guys. This was really good. I um, been enjoying this series too. I think just spending time, extended time in this passage, has been really, really nice. And I look forward to next week as we get to hear about the last two passages with Pastor Derek. So we will uh, we'll be talking about that next week, Lord willing. We'll all be in studio. So, (laughs) Uh, so yeah, so we will see you guys next time on the Sunday recap. Have a great week.